This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 38, The Virginia Alien Encounter. The year of 1996 brought about an event that became so widespread known It caused an influx in tourism by those that were curious. Although seen and experienced by many, some still feel it was a fabricated story to help bolster the area's economy. However, to others, this area will forever be one of the most well-known of its kind for the events that took place there and the lasting effect it has had on the citizens that live there. This is the story, The Virginia Alien Encounter. It was January of 1996. The entire city was preparing for the upcoming carnival that would take place in February. This was the time that was looked forward to by many, the celebration of the time before Lent begins. At this point in time, Virginia wasn't the thriving city that it is today. It was struggling, but had the potential to be up and coming due to its location positioned in the southeast of Minas Gerais. Despite the coffee trade providing significant employment, Many still commuted to nearby cities for work. Compared to its larger counterparts, Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, it wasn't much more than a dull town that didn't see much excitement. That is, till Saturday, January 20th. A series of events took place that will never be forgotten. It was early that Saturday morning in January. Eureka Rodriguez, a farmhand, and his partner, Oralina Augusta, were awakened around 1.30 a.m. by the panic sounds coming from their livestock. They could be heard throughout the farmhouse. Something had spooked them and caused them to act up. They initially thought one of the animals had escaped, as this happened from time to time. However, they weren't usually so alarmed when this happened. Yuriko considered the thought that there may be a thief or a predator on his land 
scaring the animals. The two race to the window to see if they could catch a glimpse as to what the issue may be. To their surprise, they found a large flying object hovering over the area. It was described as being a gray submarine-like object, almost the size of a bus. It remained completely silent and appeared to have no lights whatsoever. The cows and sheep remained panic-stricken and the sounds echoed throughout the area. It was believed that the craft hovered and was visible for a period of time before randomly disappearing. Despite the want to report what they had seen to authorities, Eureka and Oralina decided not to relay their story for fear of being ridiculed by the people of the town. It wasn't till several days later when they read many accounts in the local newspapers. Several claimed to see the same large flying object that they had seen that night. Others claimed to witness actual alien beings in and around the area. One of these accounts would be one of the most compelling of them all. The Silva family lived in the Santana district of Virginia. Despite being only 14 and 16 years old, Valkyria and Lelena Silva were often regarded to as being more mature than others of their age. On the same day Eureka and Oralina had their encounter and saw the flying object, the two sisters had met with their older friend, Katia Xavier. Katia worked as a cleaner and would often meet Valkyria and Lilena to walk home together. That day, the group decided to take a shortcut home through an empty area that separated their two neighborhoods. After walking for a short period of time, they suddenly spotted something ahead. They couldn't quite make out what it was, but it appeared to be a figure. Initially, they thought it was an animal, as it crouched next to a wall. But its odd appearance and strange behavior caused them to feel uneasy. They slowly approached the creature, making sure not to get too close. As they did so, it turned its head in their direction and stared at them through its bright, fiery red eyes. This caused the girls to flee in panic, not looking back as they did. The Silva sisters reached their home and immediately ran inside and burst into tears. The mother attempted to comfort them and was curious why they were so upset. She attempted to ask them what had happened. The only reply she received was, We saw the devil. The story spread rapidly throughout the area. Local press even released a spotlight article telling the girl's story. The next day, hit Brazilian TV show, Fantastico, 
announced that an extraterrestrial being had been spotted in Varzinia. At this time, several others came forth, claiming to see aliens roaming the streets on the previous day. Nearly 200 residents provided accounts of what they had seen, often matching that of the others. The residents of the town became panic-stricken and concerned and tried to make sense of what had actually happened. Katia Xavier also gave her description of the creature that the girls had seen. She stated it was small and non-human or animal. It had brown oily skin and an overly large head with three rounded extrusions on top that could also have been its horns. In addition to the residents of the town, some military and government officials began to come forward and provide their versions of the events they experienced. There was a military base close to Eureka Rodriguez's farm at Trey Corazos. It is believed that this is where some of the information may have been leaked from. One source stated that the aliens were rounded up and captured like animals by military firefighters. They were then transported out of town through the woods after it had gotten dark. When captured, it was said the aliens made a buzzing sound similar to that of a hive of bees. It was also suggested that the military took the aliens to Brasilia and were then secretly transported to the U.S. by air, where they were killed and dissected for experimental purposes. An additional claim was made that the North American Aerospace Defense Command had issued a warning to their Brazilian counterparts at Sendacta roughly an hour before the sighting at the Rodriguez farm. This would suggest that the United States government had intel about a possible UFO landing somewhere in Minas Gerais before it happened. One government source stated that a cigar-shaped UFO crash-landed in a field just outside of Trey Corazos and that he, among others, were tasked with being part of the cleanup operation to remove the debris. This would certainly provide an explanation as to why these aliens were seen roaming around the countryside. At the time, ufologist and resident of Virginia, Ubi Rahara Rodriguez, was living in the area. He spent time working on the case and interviewing witnesses and visiting areas of suspected hotspots. Along with Rodriguez was Vittorio Pacaccini from nearby Belo Horizonte. Together they were able to gain valuable insight from Katia Xavier and the Silva sisters. A few weeks after the events, in February of 1996, the Silva family received an unexpected visit from a group of men in dark suits. 
Their mother arrived home to find the men there talking to them. The men had asked the girls if they would be willing to deny ever seeing the alien the previous month. They even offered to pay them a large sum of money for staying quiet. After that, they left without ever identifying themselves. Despite the curious nature of the exchange between the men and the young girls regarding the incident and the military involvement, the Brazilian government claims that it never facilitated the capture of any extraterrestrial beings. It is hard to discern if these reports were legitimate or not. The reports are unconfirmed and happened only after the news report of the sighting provided by the three girls walking home that day. In addition, if no supernatural incident took place and it was all merely the product of hysteria, what could it have been that the girls saw in the forest that day? Katia and the Silva sisters have remained true to their story. Every detail has remained intact and as genuine as it was then. The city of Virginia has certainly thrived since. It has attracted people from all over the world to visit the city and the site where everything took place. With such an interest in the story, it is easy to see why one would speculate its authenticity. Welcome campers to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. Alright, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. The Virginia alien encounter uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i gotta be honest i was i was looking forward to this one as soon as you told me what you were doing because i was just looking forward to you trying to pronounce all these portuguese names it's been it's <laughs> been difficult and yeah. there's one obvious pronunciation i won't do right now sure but reading <laughs> reading the story you heard it plenty of times yeah, yeah, I sure um, did. <laughs> yeah, so we'll keep that out of the debrief. Uh, you know, <laughs> run with it. You you create, you you know, you just figure it out on your own. Yeah, just yeah. read the title. Yeah. <laughs> Use your imagination. Exactly. All right, okay. So, um, yeah, which I, I like this one just because this is more so like, it's not just your average UFO encounter. It's not like just your average alien encounter. It's more so... Like, I mean, it's the way that I, I interpret it and the way that I understand is that they crash landed and they were stuck, right? Basically trying to right. hide out and all this, you know, all this extra stuff's going on. So yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit more unique in a sense. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm just going to get it out of the way right at the top because every country has one. You hear this uh, like all the time in reference to random cases from from other countries this is 
commonly referred to as Brazil's Roswell. Yes. Yeah, it is. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, is is one of the things, and that's actually funny that you say that because um, there's actually, uh, this is this is one, one of the facts I found kind of last minute is 1091 Pictures actually just bought out the rights uh, to the story titled Virginia, the Roswell of Brazil. My God. And if you're familiar with 1091, um, they they also made the phenomenon, and it's actually going to be by the same director of the phenomenon, right uh, on. which is really cool. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But that just happened last year. Um, I don't think they're. I'm not sure if they're in production or if they end up ended production or not or whatever. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I just always kind of hate when that's used as a description, like. It's definitely it overused. Feels, yeah, it feels lazy to me. Right. Because right? you always hear, like, this is the UK's Roswell. This is Russia's Roswell. That's well, like any area where there's, quote-unquote, a crash landing is going to be that area's Roswell. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, our Roswell's, like, one of the earliest, like, actual documented crash mm-hmm. landings, right? Where there were actual beings that were retrieved. Right. And so... Um, also... An, a big comparison there here is the the government involvement, the supposed government involvement. Right. right? Yeah. And I mean, which this, doesn't happen very often. Yeah, exactly. And this story became so wide, like widespread known. Like they even did something in it, and like, uh, what was it? It was like the New York Times or something like that. Like, I mean, you know, and and this is all over TV, multiple different shows. Mm-hmm. You know like actual like reported on it and stuff and especially fantastico which was yeah. kind of like their like daytime like prime prime time show or whatever right it was um, like hard copy yeah exactly like did it did yeah. a real big like series on this and even like brought the girls back to show the area of where it was and everything so yeah it's pretty cool yeah it, it like it became international news it, it was almost overnight that it happened. Like it was so fast that yeah. like these girl stories went it went out, and then instantly it was in like local publications, like multiple newspapers, things like that. And then within a short period of time, Fantastico picked it up and started reporting on it. And then, and then yeah, and then it became national, like literally, like all back to back to back. See, yeah, the first the first point I wanted to make was. Like, it it kind of blows me away. It puts in perspective how much things have changed in the way that UFO and UAP sightings and stuff are are perceived now compared to even the recent past. Right. Like, when you hear that that first couple who who had a sighting of the craft, that they were so afraid of being ridiculed for it that they didn't report something that like blatant yeah i mean they saw this thing hovering right outside their bedroom window and didn't report it because they didn't want to be made fun of exactly which i mean that's you know like back then that was very common it was very common for people to like withhold information or you know like things that they witnessed because of the sheer factor the sheer possibility of being ridiculed for it See, and that's so crazy to me, because, like, this is not 1972. Like, this is 1996. Yeah. Which, it, that also might just be my age showing, because 1996 feels like it was 10 years ago to me. Right. But <laughs> yeah, it was no not. It is no longer 10 years ago. 
No. Um, closer to 30. Jeez, man. Um, that, that feels bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it really sure does. Uh, but regardless, yes. But yeah, things have changed so much. Now, I don't know. For the better, obviously. I mean, people are, you know, I people think, are much more open with it now. I think when, like, the release of all the UFO and UAP, like, information, yeah. like, you know, actually came to light, has been, is made a big difference. It's made a significant impact to, like, people being more open about. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, like, all over growing up and stuff, you would see stories about people being abducted and all this, like, yeah. whatever, like, whatever stuff on these random TV shows, like sightings and, you know, unsolved mysteries and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But, like, those shows were often mocked for being what yeah. they were. Right. It was like, very They weren't friend. taken serious. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You'd and see now, them on like, like the tabloids in the grocery store, and National Enquirer, them, like, or yeah, yeah. right that exactly. stuff. Like, but now it's like it's it's commonplace, you know? Yeah. Like I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it when we interviewed Jeff from Strangeology. The fact right, yeah. that this this soft disclosure is working. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like, without a doubt. Like we all, and it, I say we all, but really the ufology community really made fun of the concept of a soft disclosure like I, what are you pussyfooting yeah. around about like just let it all out but it's it's working see and that's that that's that whole like tom DeLong concept like mindset right like with the to yeah. the, to the stars academy like their approach before like before this was even kind of the approach that everybody was taking yeah. was that we need to do this delicately and do it in like you know through media and like different things like that to like make people more aware but also like doing it as very much a soft approach yeah and like, like i think it i think it's working i think it's definitely yeah. working like you know and people are at this point it's more so like people see ufos they're like all right cool what's what's the, what's the next story like it's right. not like a holy shit like there's a new there you know there's a new sighting no no they're getting used to it exactly which is awesome like that yeah. that for us that are really into it that like want the inside like that's that's one of my life goals i i want to know there's something out there you know like yeah i I know you do too like and and many many of our listeners do as well like we want to know like because we're curious it's not just you know it's not for some fact that like you know to use this to our advantage or anything it's just simple curiosity and i think like the soft approach i think is is making you know the the other people in the world that may not be right there with with all of us it's making them more welcome to it, more accepting yeah. of the the possibility. So, yeah, I th- I think it's great, but I want I want a jump start. Like I want I want at least like push to the front of the line. Like you know, yeah, <laughs> like I want that at least. But Not yeah, like a no, big it, leap forward. Exactly. So yeah, I agree with you for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's it's cool. I'm like I'm glad it's working. That whole approach of just like sort of infiltrating culture with it. And, you know, slowly getting everyone used to the concept. Yeah. I, it's cool to see it actually working. I agree. Because like, I, I was right there with everybody else. I was making fun of it, too. Like, I hadn't really yeah, I, considered all the implications of, like, just fully letting every cat out of the bag. Yeah. You know? I agree. I mean, you know, I've, I've like... I've of course followed like Tom DeLonge's like journey since, like, he left Blink, right? So, like... Yeah. I, you know, I was very much, like... I wasn't as 
you know, I wasn't as like right there thinking, yeah, it's stupid. Like I, I didn't fully agree with it. I thought it was yeah. like maybe a bad approach to take, but it made sense. Yeah. But now like, yeah, I, I think it's actually done really well. So. Yeah. And I think it, we're bound to get frustrated with the like slow drip of information, you know, right. like yeah. we want some more. What? Maybe a another 10, 20 time. years before we have like physical yeah. evidence yes. that's that's widespread or, you know, like that's actually yeah. like, yeah, uh, public. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Like actual physical evidence that's public. Yeah. I think we're probably still a little ways from that. But the fact that, you know, we acknowledge UFOs, UAPs, like that is a thing. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Yeah, we're at least acknowledging the fact that we don't know what they are, you know, and that's that's a big first step. That's huge. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, okay, so I, I tend to, my skeptical side has one fairly big issue with this story. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so the the couple had the sighting of the craft. The sisters have the encounter with the creature. Right. right? So my big question is, when the story broke on Fantastico, did that include a description of the creature? Yes. From the sisters? Yes, Yes. it did. That's, so, the way, the kind of the the chain of events that happened was the the Rodriguez's, or Enrico and and Orlena, or Eureko, sorry. Yeah, Eureko and Orlina saw, saw this craft outside. There were multiple reports of different time periods. Anywhere from five minutes to 40 minutes is what they saw. This thing okay. literally hovering over their farm before it disappeared. Like, completely just disappeared. Um, And then there were reports all over the newspapers that people saw this cigar-shaped you know, UFO, this 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 object in the sky yeah and then so that like they they're reading this right they're reading this in the newspaper like okay people are seeing this too like we're not alone now the same day that this happens so i guess so this happens at like 1 30 a.m so later yeah. on this same day these girls are out walking home they're walking their friend home from work they were they were working or doing something previously too I mean, they were, what, 14 and 12 or something, right? So, And then yeah. their friend was, like, 16 or 18. I can't remember. Right. Um, so needless to say, like, they would walk home together just for... It was kind of more so that, like, uh, strength and numbers sort of thing, right? Yeah. Just this area, this area was kind of kind of rough, you know? Yeah. Uh, so they would all meet up. They would walk home and, you know, just be there together. So needless to say, that day they, they took that shortcut and then they stumble upon this creature. So that's the first actual sighting of a creature. Right. Of in, of one of the aliens. That was the first actual sighting. And then over that same day and over the next couple of days, there were multiple sightings of these creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that was literally just laying on the side of the road. Uh, dead. Uh but- Okay. That like so people witness like the military picking up, right? Right. Go ahead. Here's yeah. my thing though. After the sisters have the sighting, that story goes live. Right. On they, Fantastico. They end up right? well, they end up like talking about it to 
uh, like someone in a local newspaper, and then it mm-hmm. ends up being picked up by Fantastico. Right. Um, and, and I don't remember the then, exact time period, but it is it is a short period of time before Fantastico picks yeah. up. And then, like through the story, I, I know I like I almost say it like it's almost back to back, but it, you know, in reality, it's actually a longer process. Yeah. So, and once that story goes live, that's when all these additional accounts start pouring in right that's when there's like 200 plus different accounts that are pouring in people talking about seeing the object and then about seeing the aliens throughout the city see and that's a big problem for me right because that's that's, yes that's what i pointed out too like you know these were these were brought to light after Mm -hmm. they, they they basically report on it right so my question is i not really a question, but I tend to see this as a legitimate sighting by the couple and yeah. a legitimate encounter by the sisters and then approximately 200 bandwagon jumpers. People, right, wanting their claim, their their little yeah. little five minutes of fame, basically. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. I, yeah. I definitely agree. But there were some reports, again, throughout the local newspapers of people seeing some of these beings, too. So before it hit Fantastico, like a couple of people claiming to see these things, right? Okay. Um, and then the few, the few, uh, the few people that stated it did describe it the exact same way that the three girls saw it too. So there were a few additional accounts that wouldn't have had the opportunity to be right. influenced by the. But the, the majority, ninety nine percent of them, were after yeah. the fact. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the the ones that stand out to me, even the later ones, the ones that stand out to me are ones are accounts given by, um, by like military personnel. You know, they're the one yeah. who describes um, being part of the cleanup crew. Yeah, of the that he crash. he among the other like a few others were were basically tasked with cleaning up the the crash. Right. See that I. I tend to buy like people in a whistleblower situation. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. And the thing about it also is at this time there was a heavy influx of military in the city and this was out of the norm. The way that the government tried to portray it was this is actually normal. We're here all the time, but you're now you're paying more attention to us sort of Uh, thing. Yeah. And that wasn't the case at all though. Like there were, it know. was a pretty small city at that point. Yeah, I mean it was it right? was pretty it was like it was larger. Now it's now it's like a hundred thousand inhabitant yeah. like inhabitants. Like it's it's grown significantly. But yeah, at the time yeah. it was it was smaller. Like the area was was larger, but like the city was was barely up and coming. It was like you know I I think of I, when I say up and coming, I think of like it has the potential that it could it could turn into something bigger. And right. that's that's exactly what this was. Like it was small. They had a massive coffee trade. Like through through that area, their biggest their biggest like money was from the coffee trade. But you still had other people like literally commuting to other cities for work because there wasn't much in this area. And now yeah. it's it's grown so tremendously that it's a thriving city that like relies heavily on tourism. Right. And has a massive, like, I mean, just like their economy has been bolstered tremendously. Like, you know, so. But a city like this, what, what's the city called again? How do you pronounce it? Virginia. Okay. 
It's so. in the the Minas Gerais, uh, southeastern port of Brazil. Right. It's like equidistant between Sao Paulo and, and Rio, Rio de, Janeiro. de Janeiro. Yeah. Yeah. So a city in that position geographically is always going to have the potential to become like a bustling. Right. Right. I mean, you're, you're close story, right? to like other other major cities that yep. it's like and the coast being being that close right yeah exactly yeah. you know they can basically piggyback off of each other at that point yeah so but yeah that was i mean that's that's kind of the biggest you know one of the bigger things i guess you know regarding that for sure so was the craft described as cigar shaped throughout cuz i felt like the initial report from the the couple on the farm wasn't cigar shaped so all the, I guess, I can't say all, but the significant amount of reports claimed it as being cigar-shaped. Um, how did the couple, how did the couple describe it? So they said it was, let me go, let me go back to it just really quick here, because I don't want to okay. get this incorrect. Yeah, because um, I felt like it wasn't. Right, they, yeah, it wasn't specifically. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically they race, they see... Well, they basically just they stated seeing a flying, a large flying object hovering over the area, described as being a gray submarine-like okay, object, so cigar almost shape. the size of a small bus. Right. So cigar okay. shaped. Yeah. Gotcha. So I okay. guess that. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. That yeah. that pretty much that is, matches everything else. Okay. Because originally, yeah, yeah I, I I I thought the same thing, and maybe maybe I just also misinterpreted it as well, and like. You know, uh, I guess at first, but yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So you were talking about the tourism in the city since this happened. Like, I know that this picture I've seen a million times being like someone who frequently Googles UFOs. Are you talking about the one of them crouched against the wall? No, no. There's a picture of the water tower in the city. Yes. It's shaped like a flying saucer. Yeah, no, that's that. Uh, I was I was gonna get into the, all this too, so that's actually in 2001, they created a 20 foot water tower, and shaped it like uh like the like a saucer, yeah, just as like one of their like you know like we might as well own this you know right. sort of things a and thing like, for tourists to take pictures in front of yeah exactly yeah since then they've also erected statues all over the city of Grace. Nice. Um, they also use aliens and ad- their advertising. Like right. Every- like, everything they advertise, even political campaigns, <laughs> will use like aliens or greys in their campaigns. Like, which is, yeah. I mean, that's pretty damn that's unique. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's just like a part of the city's culture now. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's I mean, ingrained you know, in like. It. Because, you know, you think, like, you think, like, this massive thing that, that hits, like, it terrorizes the city, like, but also, as a result of it, drives a lot of people to the area. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, out of, you know, like, just wanting, wanting more. Like, you know, us, like, people like us that just, they want to know that there's something else out there. Like, they go to this area that, like, that literally housed like this event that took place that like you know shook the city basically right yeah and so they want a piece of it and then so yeah i mean you know i think i think like that honestly was huge for them now yeah 
Obviously. You, know, you get into the idea, was this a ploy? Like, was this something that the city basically fabricated to help bolster their economy, to help build this city and make it, you know, change it, or I guess develop it from on the fringe or on the brink of being up and coming to actually being up and coming or to be thriving, right? So, yeah. like, I do see, I do see that side of it for sure. See, I hear this argument a lot, a lot about all kinds of encounters. Like, you hear it about Aurora in like 1897. Like, right. oh, their their town was failing, so they made up this thing to get people to come. And now, I, this seems yeah. like a very odd plan to me. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I mean, that, especially at, I guess, the time period, right? Yeah. But... But even a hundred years later in Brazil, in this one... Yeah. there That seems like a very strange way to go about things. I mean, we discussed geographically the city's in a great position. It was already growing, although, you know, it was much smaller than... It was already growing. It was already... It had a nice-sized coffee trade. The city was not right. in danger of, you know, financial ruin. Maybe they just wanted that extra push to get, yeah. you know... Like That's I, so I easy have to, to backfire, though. Right. I have to consider, though, the possibility. Just because, like, you know, like, I, I try to be a skeptic to a degree. <laughs> minimally. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I try to see both sides. Sure. Like, sure. I, th- I think it's warranted. You know, it's warranted to see both sides of it. Like, but, yeah, like, honestly, I, I... I would say personally, I don't think that that's the case. Yeah, I just hate that argument. Yeah, I, it, it, it's never. I, know, made I understand sense to me. for sure. Yeah, it seems like such an unnecessarily risky approach to trying to trying to increase, you know, yeah, commerce in your town because that could also be seen as negative, right? Yeah, because people oh, could bunch see of that fucking, as like I'm never going there. Nutcase. Like, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. yeah. And even though this city has benefited from it, that's you have to consider that at least prob- probably at least 50% of the people who hear about this have that exact reaction. I'm never yeah. going there. Yeah, no, I, you're you're probably right. You're probably right. So, yeah, I mean, I just love how much they've adapted to it though. Yeah. Like how much like they've like just welcomed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cuz I I really dig that and the fact that like I mean, this is now, again, if you go there, they have this awesome saucer-shaped water tower. They have alien, like, these statues of aliens everywhere. Like, it's not, it's you know, it's it's more so, like, I feel like that helps, that aids in this, like, this kind of soft approach to, like, you know, doing things. Yeah. Like, but they're being so welcoming and things like that, like, I, yeah, I think it, I think it definitely sends a positive message. Yeah. Guaranteed, this town has a alien pizzeria. I am sure you know they I mean? do. Yeah, yeah, like, like, I think of uh, what's the one from the original Toy Story? Uh, where oh, they had the um, planet, uh, Pizza oh, Planet. Is that what it is? Some, yeah, yeah, something pizza like planet. that. Yeah. With all the rocket ships and stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Pizza Planet. Yeah. So um, you know, like, so, something similar to that. <laughs> Now, just like um, all over the Pacific Northwest, there's like Bigfoot pizza and like big, you know what I mean? It's, oh, I'm sure. It's ingrained in the culture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
No, I love that. There's probably so, like a you know a, a tagline like ET's favorite pizza. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, whatever. <laughs> we are not. Neither of us have marketing degrees. No. <laughs> <laughs> ET's favorite pizza. <laughs> do, 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 do. Nailed it. You even got the jingle in there. Um, so, another awesome part of this story is that it involves men, a Men in Black encounter. Yeah, yeah, that one. Is, that one was really cool. Um, there was also that one was a little like I read multiple multiple different cases of whether it was like three, four, or five different people. Yeah. So I just said a group. Yeah. Um, just because I didn't I didn't want to like, you know, just really you know, just butcher it with the numbers. Um but yeah, so it was described as being most frequently four or five guys dressed in black suits. They yeah. came to visit the girls and they came before the mother was home. Um and you know, like the mom gets there, she's pissed, she's like, you know, why why are you here? Like, you know, whatever, yeah. like basically tells them to leave. What are these? So, what are these you know, weird grown men doing talking to my talking daughters? Their, exactly. Yeah. But they're asking them like, "Hey, what can we do to shut you up?" Basically. Yeah. You know, even offering them a large sum of money. See, to keep and their that's story the thing. Quiet. That's the thing that stood out to me in this because that's not often. I've never heard, heard. that as yeah. right. Offering like a cash reward for not spreading the story i had never heard that before and but these in are also like encounter. young children so maybe yeah. like that's like you know like if this is like an adult they'd be like you say something you're gone you're donezo yeah yeah but like maybe you know they didn't want it like these girls have a bright future like you know like maybe it was like that they were you know i don't know i don't, I don't know. know if it was like that i see it more likely that the money the promise of money was just was a fake you know what i mean that's I don't, possible I wouldn't, yeah and it was just a way to get them to agree not to not to tell their what are you gonna do? Take the men in black to court for a verbal right, yeah. agreement. Good luck <laughs> good luck finding them, first of all. Yeah. And then Good luck defending a verbal contract with interdimensional beings. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna go south pretty quickly. Um but yeah, no, I, I thought that was pretty cool because this is another like you know, another one of these types of cases. Like we had, we had, uh, we had the one and the story of the 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 UK story that we did. Um, uh-huh. The uh, Silverman. The well, the the Moore. Um, oh, Ilkley Moore. Ilkley Moore. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Where they visit him and, ba- and like him and his wife and are asking like why he was there and knew everything already already. Yep. And like he was very off put by like how much they knew. And like another thing about that one, I thought, and I, I don't remember if we talked about it and I know I'm branching off now, That's but okay. just now that we're talking about men in black, like yeah. they were, I think, I think we did talk about it in the debrief. They were very focused on his fireplace and how it worked. Yes. Cause they were so surprised. Like this was like, but to me, like I find that really strange. I love those. That's my favorite part of the men in black stuff is like, there are also moments in a lot of men in black encounters where like, they'll seemingly run out of energy and they'll like excuse themselves suddenly. Right. Like, like they have to go recharge or something. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. It's very odd. And like, I when mean, we talk also, the, I think of those as most likely shapeshifters. Yeah. 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 You know, something so. like that. 
And when we talked about the Men in Black encounter in Stardust Ranch, that yeah. was full high strangeness level Men in Black, like walking yeah. through fences, disappearing in the middle of fields. Like, right, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, just the Men in Black in general are very... Awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome I agree. <laughs> they're, yes they're awesome like i kind of want to have that job of man in black yeah i imagine that you might be your job human. like i mean <laughs> nah if will smith can do it i can do it <laughs> but needless to say yeah no so i in that really stood out to me, though, was the offer of money because I I yeah. had never heard that before. Yeah, I, I hadn't either. I thought that was I thought that was kind of unique in in this story for sure. Usually, it's um, more like a if you talk, we're gonna kill you. Approach, right? That's or what I was like, like you talk, you're done. Like you know, yeah. Or like the earlier, really know you ever existed. Yeah, or the earlier ones are were more like um like pressing the ridicule angle. Like, yeah, oh, if true. you go and talk to people about this, you're gonna they're gonna throw you in an insane asylum and no one's gonna speak to you and yep. you know like nobody will ever believe you and you'll always be the face yeah. of like you know, the laughing stock of this this city and like yep. anywhere else you go, like as long as you exist, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean that's a pretty hard feat to like to make to make sure of, but I'm yeah. I'm sure if anybody can do it, I'm sure they can. I guarantee they have. I'm sure I they mean, have. Yeah. All these men in black encounters that we hear about, imagine how many people complied and have never spoken about it. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially like you have some you experience something like this and then like especially knowing, like knowing that these men in black are out there, right? Like that yeah. this is a thing. And then all of a sudden you have like these random nobodies that like barely identify themselves or might use like a singular name yeah you know and literally disappear as quickly as they got there you know and yeah that to me would be honestly it'd, it'd kind of be terrifying because i'd be like all right i yeah i know that this is real yeah like i i've read too it, many it, stories just like man this. yeah i don't yeah. know i like thinking about it like i don't know how i would react yeah, I would probably shut up. Like, would I fanboy? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I've been waiting to meet you my whole life. <laughs> right. Or just be like, yeah, yeah, whatever you say. Sorry. I hope it's the former. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how often they get that reaction. I was gonna say, like, would that like throw them with it? Be like, uh, uh what? <laughs> just. You're like, will you sign my arm so I can get it tattooed over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sir, that's exactly what we don't want. <laughs> right. Well, all right. Anyhow, moving on. Yeah. Um, so in 2004, uh, the city of Virginia was also... Uh, host to ufologists and researchers from around the world um, where they held the UFO Congress of Virginia. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yes. It's very cool. Uh, Which is massive. Yeah. And that's another, you know, another thing to help bolster their economy. But also, like, it was just, like, this is a hot spot 
you know, like yeah. doing all of this. It's created this massive hotspot now. Yeah. Uh, that people just like, yeah. I mean, drives people from all over the world to, you know, see or experience. Yeah. That's um, that, that event was also known as the Virginia summit. It was yeah. like a legitimate summit of ufologists from all around the world, like where right. they got together and it was like a week of like high level, like talks it was between, weird right yeah like a coming together of like a, you know basically they got to come together and compare notes in person from what they had gathered all over the world like that's actually a really important moment in like the history of ufology yeah i mean yeah and this is that was just what 2004 yeah yeah so i mean not too terribly long ago 20 years ago <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, <laughs> but God. you know, like 20, 20 years ago, as as yeah. like, you know, thinking of, thinking of like how progressive this was, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, kind of getting back into uh, getting back into this this thing that these girls experience, right? So they go home, they're crying to their mom. Like, she finally gets them to admit like what happened, and they claim they saw the devil. So she, of course, being the mother, that motherly instinct, she's like, okay, show me. Yeah. So they take her to this area and show her, like, where they seen this thing. And the only thing that they see at that point is they, like, run into, like, this dog that's, like, sniffing the area. Like, just right there where this creature, this alien thing was. Yeah. And then little footprints... And then the mother claimed that it smelled like straight up ammonia. There were little footprints. Yeah, there were apparently like footprints leaving leaving the area. See, if there's one thing we need to take from this, it's that we need to be training our teenage daughters on how to cast footprints. <laughs> Just to be prepared. Yeah. I want true. True. That's one thing we haven't we never really see is casted alien footprints. Right. No, I can't say that they were straight up alien footprints. It was described right. as small footprints. Might have been from the um, dog. Might have been from they... <laughs> Yeah, what? true. Dogs have it small was, feet. I mean, true. It was described as being kind of like V-shaped feet, right? Okay. So, but yeah, so needless to say, like, you know, there is a dog in the area sniffing up the whole joint. And then you've got some footprints and then just a really stinky ammonia scent. Okay. And that's also how these things were often described as being very stinky. Interesting. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've read some articles that literally like the article is called stinky aliens of Brazil or something <laughs> like that. Like awesome. Brazil, stinky aliens, like whatever, you know, it's like, it's, which is kind of funny. It's a kind of funny <laughs> you know, tagline, but yeah. still. Yeah, they they were described as being very like, you know, there was a scent. Yeah, now, stung the nostrils, if you will. <laughs> there is, there is a theory I know that what they saw was actually a very dirty, skinny, homeless man. That's what I was just about to right. get into. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so basically, uh, let me go. Let me go back to that particular one here, because yeah, that's what I wanted to move into next. So it was also okay. 
So there's another theory, basically, that states, and this theory was concocted by the government. Okay. The Brazil government. Um, so actually, yes. So in 2010, there was an official inquiry by the, by the Brazilian military that concluded claiming that the girls, what they had seen is just, uh, basically a mistaken identity, right? Right. They're just another instance of mistaken identity. So the theory basically stated that the young women were simply spooked by a deformed and malnourished homeless man. Yeah. Um, this disproportionately thin man or thin body in the description matches the idea and it's thought to be thought that essentially like this thing's like brown skin like they saw from this creature was due to either the man being covered in mud or due to over sun exposure right Um, and then like this this man and there's pictures out there Um, we'll have to we'll have to also post them too yeah. That compare it basically side by side. What this creature what how they describe this creature and how this homeless man homeless man looked. Yeah, like he was he you know, this this man was uh, you know, mentally unstable. Um he had a lot of like mental health issues and things like that. Yeah. Uh, deformities. Um, you know, like when he crouched, like yeah, I mean he was like looked very, very small. Yeah. Very small and just very off-putting. Like, I could see, like, confusing that for something else, but that was one thing that the girl stated is no. Like, even after being shown multiple pictures of this man, they said, no, that is not at all what we saw. Okay. But the Brazilian military concluded that, yes, that is what they had seen. <laughs> yeah. In 2010, that conclusion came, or came to that final conclusion. Okay. So, but they've held, they've with, like, they've held up on the fact that, no, that is not what they saw. And that they've, that they completely twisted and fabricated their story. See, this, this theory feels plausible to me. Right. It really does. I, I, yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean, for sure. The only thing, the only sticking point for me, I guess, is they very clearly describe glowing red eyes. Yes. Yeah. I don't, they diff. I don't they know of any red eyes. I don't know of any mental illness or nutrition deficiency that causes your eyes to glow red. Well, the only thing I can think of is maybe like jaundice, like yeah, can that's cause yellow, like a bright yellow, right? right? But in like a different shade, maybe sure. like with the way like the sun hits it or something, could maybe create like almost like an orangey color that could be perceived as red. I guess, but that's like that's that's like, very. I think yeah, that's a that's a lot of steps, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a huge stretch, but that's the only way I could see that that could be a possibility, right? Yeah, yeah. I one one really interesting thing about the the girls sighting to me is their initial description when they when their mom finally convinces them to to reveal what they saw was that. They say that they saw the devil. We saw the devil. Right. right. And that's, um, Brazil is, has a massive Catholic population. Yeah. Like it's, I a, mean, yeah, it, we, we already talked about the carnival, yeah. like, you know, that being like a big thing that this city was prepping for. Right. Right. It's a huge part of their culture, Catholicism. So like, I, I kind of like this show's the phenomenon seen through the eyes of someone who's religiously minded. 
right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it very quickly, obviously, turns into aliens by the time it hits the press. But, like, to those girls, what they saw was a demon. Yeah, of course. I mean, think of those, like, you see those red eyes. That's an instant indicator, right? Yep. I don't know. I just... I like the, you know, when you start talking about like unification theory and stuff, a lot of that comes down to the perception of the, of the experiencer, right? Like, of course. And to those girls who probably went to Catholic school, who probably spent their whole lives scared of hell, they, they saw the devil. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, what else, what else could you think, you know, like you're not, in mm-hmm. most cases, I at least I wouldn't think so. You're not going to say, well, we saw an alien today. Right. Like you see this like brown, stinky, oily creature with, with bright, like, red fiery eyes. red eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, that's an alien. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, no, it would be easy, easy to perceive that as like something very evil. Right. Yeah. Something diabolical. So, exactly. Yeah. That that apparently got scared off by a stray dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, but yeah, now that you're yeah, you definitely you bring about a good point for sure. Um, and I think I think yeah, I think a lot of that really goes into just the history of that area. And, yeah, you know, and like yeah, I mean, if they would have seen also maybe this flying object in the sky, they could have put two and two together, right? You know, instead they experience this being, whereas the Rodriguez's they experience this actual craft. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So you know, and that's when basically two and two are put together, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, this is obviously an alien encounter. Right. And then, not to mention again, like the other, the other like beings or creatures that were spotted. Like I said, there was one that was on the side of the road that the military picked up. There were uh, two, two um, that were seen basically being escorted by the military into a clinic. Um, that were later said to be a group, uh, a husband and wife with dwarf dwarfism, okay, being escorted to a clinic due to like a um, an emergency pregnancy. Gotcha. And then of course after that they were then taken by the military and never seen again. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Um, there was also one seen by a janitor at a local zoo um, that was also taken by the military. And then within the following months, they had multiple, like several animals die from strange, strange occurrences. And they found like a high level of, um, what was it? Like it wasn't radiation, but a high level, like some toxic, a uh, toxic thing found in, found in each and every one of the ones that had died. Interesting. Yeah, ammonia so, exposure. They died from the stink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, like you know. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty you know pretty important. Like, interestingly, you know, kind of call out. Interestingly enough, what these things remind me of the way they're the way they've been conceptualized. It reminds me of the Dover Demon. Just looks so much like these, especially this this picture that's been redrawn by artist after artist after artist of it, like huddled down against. Yeah, the, the wall. one that it's by by the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. It it reminds me of the Dover Demon. 
I it could yeah, I could see what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, especially with its bright like red eyes and yep. sort of like bald the way head. that it hunches over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, one unique thing about this though was that the, the protrusions ridges, that right? it had, right? Yeah, it had so, like have you ever seen the original head. Mario movie? Yes. So, I believe I, th- I want to say it's King Koopa. Yeah. Um, he has like these three, like it almost looks like a rounded off like Fohawk, right? Yeah. Or a rounded off like Trihawk, rather. Um, but yeah, like, and that's how these things are described as having like these like rounded off protrusions that are you know, like three, three lines of it over their, over their skulls. Right. It reminds me of like a Star Trek race. It would have, <laughs> yeah. Like I could, I could see that. Yeah, that's how. I mean, that's how they did it in Star Trek. That's the, that's how they differentiated species was just by like giving them different weird ridges all over their head. You know what I mean? There you go. Maybe yeah. they took it from this, or maybe they took it from that. I don't know. <laughs> it could be maybe. either way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. Yep. So one question I had was. Was were there any like legitimate or be- at least believable sources for the U.S. government being involved in this? Well, the fact that a lot of military personnel came forward and talked talked about it. They talked, talked about, about the about U.S. Being, government warning them. Well, they well yeah. So there was a thing, and that's that's where it was. Um, yeah, so it was stated that they were basically told like an hour beforehand that there was going to be craft in their area. Like okay. the U S had Intel basically and told like their Brazilian counterparts, right? Their buddies basically, uh, you know that, yeah, the, in this area there was going to be a craft and they like somehow knew, which I, I don't know how they would know, but this was stated by like military, like okay. military involvement, like involved personnel. Interesting. Um, I can't state like the ranking or anything like that because there were a lot of like, you know, military people that came forth talking about this incident. Yeah. Like the one that talked about being part of the cleanup crew. Like, so that's pretty unique about this case too, is there yeah. seems to be a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of whistleblowers. Yeah. And this like stepping out of their rank and talking about shit they shouldn't be technically right obviously their names are going to be hidden for you know yeah you know, obviously like purposes of not losing their positions i'm sure right um so but yeah no that's that i think that's definitely something to not dismiss is the fact that we had people in these high-ranking positions being part of in front lines basically in this situation that came forward and talked about it like that should give one of the most compelling like pieces of like truth to the whole story over anything right yeah yeah no i so i tend to like i said already i tend to believe whistleblowers um because there's really only risk involved in doing oh, yeah, that for sure for there's, sure there's no I mean, reward for for like a first lieutenant saying like that breaking seen- classification that could be seen as like treason, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to a to a degree. Yeah, right? revealing so, classified yeah. information. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the fact that they were willing to do so, like, has—I mean, that that has to like, 
you know that like i said i just i think it speaks for itself yeah like, really like yeah i mean it, it definitely says a lot yeah no taking that risk bears some weight with me for sure like because there's there's no reward there's there's right. no possible good thing Other that than could come of it providing the truth right right and like letting this area know like hey like we we know and this is actually what happened like don't yeah. believe in your government that's trying to like cover this up basically and i appreciate that that's how it should always be like <laughs> there shouldn't be any type of cover up because what does that do for your citizens what does that do for like anyone really i don't i mean other I've, than I feel like there are de- there's definitely information that should remain classified, not necessarily with regards to, you know, extraterrestrial life or anything like that. But I think the government has good reason to keep some things to themselves. But eh. I mean, I there think, is like preparation I, is big. I guarantee that they have information that would be dangerous to release. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of information that would be extremely dangerous to release. Yeah. But, like I said, for the sake of preparation, why not? Why not, like, you know, like, I mean, it could, it could, it could make or break a lot of situations if that ever came a thing. Sure. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I get it to a degree. But at the same time, like, I'm also all for, like, you know, public, like, you know, make, make things a lot more public. Yeah. Transparency. At least a lot, like give us, right. Yeah, definitely. At least even give us like an insight to these are possibilities, not a thing that we're concerned with right now, but this mm-hmm. is something you know, we are aware of and we want you to be aware of it as well. I mean, like, the U S government has come a long way since since like Vietnam is around the time when the public started like demanding transparency on a higher level because believe me before Vietnam it was there was none right you got like you got like the Sunday afternoon fireside talk from the president on the radio whatever he wanted to tell you was all the fuck you were gonna know that's it you know and there were very few presidents that ever even acknowledged the the idea of an external force of like, yeah. of aliens or anything like outside of you know outside of our world right or yeah. otherworldly or whatever whatever you want to like call it yeah which Ronald Reagan was one for and sure. he was probably the most I guess noted like yeah. a notable one. Yeah, the most like he even gave about like it. he even gave like a even speech saying like you know we are prepared for any outside of our world like attacks and things like that like yeah. I mean literally like plain as day would talk about this like so like you know like but we haven't had anybody like that since I think honestly that that's a a frequently misunderstood quote I think that was it might be it might be. That, but I'm pretty I'll take sure it the way that I want to take it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm gonna try and burst your bubble real quick though. I hit. You're not I, going to. I'm I'm fairly certain that that was in reference to that was in reference to enemies enemies attacking from space, like human enemies, Maybe. like 
because that was during the waning years of the Soviet Union. That was like 1980, like the tail end of right. the space race. So yeah. the, I'm fairly certain he was referring to like Whether the Soviet not. Union's <laughs> occupation of orbit. Hey, whether or not, you know, again, it's yeah. it's not going to change the way that I feel about it's it. It's fine. Like, I feel like it's... To be able to say something like that, I think, is is big. Whether, whether it's, you know, another country that's attacking from out, you know, outside of our, basically, like, whatever, <laughs> atmosphere yeah. or something, like, you know, from, yeah. quote-unquote, space, or whether it be some beings from some far-off, like... You know, whatever. Like, yeah, I'll take it the same way. Okay. You know, I I just appreciate that being like openly talked about. Yeah. For sure. So. So, what do you think of this? This case, honestly, I I buy it. I buy it for sure. Um, you know, I think something happened. Something happened that day. There's too many factors for it not to. Yeah. I think too many people in such high-ranking positions as we talked about with like the military coming forth, talking about it. The fact that we had the Rodriguez family, her uh, husband and wife, seeing this thing over their farm. The fact that these girls, outside of not even knowing any of that or even knowing anything, same day, a few hours later, see this actual being. Yeah. The fact that then all these reports start coming in in the newspapers, people seeing this same type of cigar-shaped uh, you know, craft and things like that, and then other people seeing like these beings throughout the city. Then also, then Fantastico buying in, and then all these like military personnel and things like that coming, you know, coming forward. I think, like it, like I said, it speaks for itself. I think it, there's there's so much truth, like intended truth that has come forward. That uh, there's no way I I can't believe otherwise. You know that there's no other sorry no other way I can I can believe otherwise. Right. So yeah, okay. I definitely buy into it for sure. Yeah, I I definitely I definitely believe parts of this story. Right. Parts. Yeah. I think that definitely there was a sighting. I think that those girls encountered something when they took that shortcut. It was something. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was. Obviously, if I acknowledge the the sighting of the craft the night before, it only makes logical sense to extend that to a good this creature. Be, right. Yeah. Yep. Honestly, beyond those two, I'm not sure. I know. I'm not sure. Again, with a lot of the other people that have came forward after, like especially Fantastico went live. Yeah. I can. I think I could dismiss a lot of that just because, again, that kind of claim to like their five minutes of fame or whatever it is. Yeah, you know. But with all the reports that were done and you know out before that, and yeah. like before that was a thing, I'd like to that, know the. That's what gives a lot more. I guess a lot more credence to it. For me. I guess I'd like to see a detailed breakdown of accounts that came in before and after this story was available. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I would love to see that too. Because I once, think that would that would ultimately like provide yeah. the the most the most information to like be able to base a base an actual opinion around, right? Yeah. Because once the girls even told their story to the local news, that could easily get like a dozen people calling the newspaper, going "Me too," 
you know? Yeah. Um, and then once it goes wide on Fantastico, all bets are off at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's just like, you know, like sightings coming in and doing an episode like, you know, just it's very similar to that. Right. Yes. All right. I think that uh, wraps up today's episode. That concludes episode 38, the Virginia alien encounter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content, behind the scenes, we're just keeping up on our day to day, and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt. Buy a sticker. Buy a blanket. Buy a pillow. Anything that you want to rep campfire tales of the strange and unsettling and a special thanks to greg martin at reverent music on instagram the brilliant mind behind the gorgeous music that you hear each week behind the debrief so go find him at reverentmusic.bandcamp.com or you can visit his spotify page by searching reverent r-e-v-e-r-e-n-t all of these links can be found in the episode description go and support him You both deserve it. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.